Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This is a very special episode we got going on this week. Uh, we're a few days past the Thanksgiving holiday, so all the holiday shows are done until Christmas. And I, I did a shock rock focus during the Halloween week, and I think it's time to do another genre focus. Today we're going to talk about heavy metal. And uh, I couldn't think of anybody better, anybody I wanted more to have on this show than who uh, my best friend that I consider the metal expert. <laughs> but he's not your average metal expert. And this is my friend Logan. Logan, say hello. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Yeah, I've known Logan. We'll do a little background here. I've known him for uh, about 15 years now. Record shops. So, record shops. I just used to shop at his stores and... He worked for all of them, and pretty much. <laughs> and we saved a lot of good metal for you, Joey. Yes, 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 you did, and I appreciate that. That was the whole thing. Like, I just, I just go into every store anyway, and then every now and then I'd see him work at a different one, and I'd start <laughs> shopping there, and that's that was my store until he went to the next one, and then he ended up at a CD warehouse. Record slut. <laughs> yeah, he ended up at a CD warehouse, and then finally I said, "Hey, man, can I can I work here?" <laughs> And it worked. That's pretty much it. So we worked. Uh, we worked together for God damn near like seven years. Yeah, seven eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So until people stop buying records, and now you're hearing me on iTunes, which is one of the reasons why <laughs> record stores don't exist anymore. But I digress. Uh, yeah. So thank you, internet. And uh, I'll give you a little background on my perception of Logan. And Logan's a very very good friend, one of my best friends in the world. He's like a big brother to me. So I look up to him in a lot of ways, and you probably have friends like that that got you into a lot of really good music. So I, I introduced Logan to you, to the world here, as a, as a metal expert. But if you know the man, he is so much more than that, and that's almost kind of like what heavy metal is. It's perceived as one thing, but when you dig inside, there's a whole lot of layers to it. Uh, I mean, in addition to some other great metal and a lot of great punk rock and a lot of great alternative rock I might not have ever listened to without this man. Wow. I mean, you got me into shit like ABBA and Tom Waits, and just those two right there right. is enough. Record slut, that's me. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, I don't know a bigger U2 fan than Logan, but I also don't know a bigger Cannibal Corpse fan than Logan. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Logan, everybody. <laughs> Here he is. Metal's like the Tauntaun. You open it up and it smells worse on the inside, but you still love it. God, you know, over, over the years, you've turned into Paul Stanley. I mean, you could really grab a topic and really make it out of something. You you just said something off air, and I don't know if you want to save it for the Metallica bit, but what did you say about Metallica? You compared Metallica to a stripper. Yeah, Ma- Ma- Metallica Metallica has that sense of, because uh, we were talking about Garage Inc., yeah. about how... They had they, just come they, off of Load yeah, they, Reload. Yeah, they, they entice you into, hey, look at us. We're back to the old sound. Come on in. And so it's like showing you a little bit of leg. But then whenever you get in the room, you find out that it's your mom, and you're like, oh, no. Why did this happen? We fell for it again. <laughs> and this, of course, is just coming off one of the latest Metallica travesties of, of Lulu yeah. with uh, the record with Lou Reed. But Yeah, and, and if you, you listen uh, a couple of episodes ago, I... I I, uh, what do you what do you call it when you're not paying tribute to something and you're still God. talking about it? <laughs> That's what I did with Lulu because I did a whole episode of Trainwreck episode, yeah. uh, Trainwreck yeah. duets, that worked though, unlike Lulu. And it's two discs of of a Trainwreck. Yeah, uh, I've I've heard amazing. I've heard more than anybody should be asked to listen to it, so I feel like I can comment on. I it. I think given the 30 second clips that I heard on separate sites, yeah, uh, from the record, I th- I think that was just way too much. Yeah. It was it. 
All right, bog down Metallica aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, we'll, we'll get to yeah. them later probably here, but what I'm going to do here today, you're like, oh, what's the theme of Rock Strikes 10 this week? What There's, is it? Yes, and and the theme is, like I said, it's a genre focus. Much like I did with Shock Rock, I was giving you the history of that, but what I'm doing here now, there's so much metal out there. I'm going to give you what I feel at this time, if you are uh, you know, a little crude to the heavy metal, I believe in my heart of hearts that these are probably the ten icons you should go for. Uh, your, your starter kit, if you will, or your handshake into the genre. These are the people, you've heard their names. Baptism and fire. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Ripper. Uh, that's Ripper, isn't it? That's the Ripper Actually, song. that was Glenn Tipton, I thought. That was Glenn Tipton's album. Thank you. Well, look at that, see? That's why he's here today. Uh, Who I'm sure we will talk about a little bit later. Yeah. But, basically, what I feel are the ten icons, if you're going to start into the genre, these are the ones I feel you should go for. And these are the ones you've heard their names, even if you haven't dived into their stuff. We're going to play some stuff today. You probably haven't heard if you just listen to radio or if you just watch VH1 or, you know, something like that. VH1 Classic still plays metal here and there. And they're good at it. Yeah, and, and they're good they're at good, it. They're good for scratching the surface. They're, there you go. They, they play the obvious stuff a lot of the time. And that's fine. That's yeah. fine, especially in a, in, for a genre that really gets played anywhere. Yeah. So this is going to be... Except for satellite radio. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and satellite's greatness. Satellite's great. About. I love it. So... And speaking of VH1, if if you are a fan and you tune into VH1 Classic, you probably know by now from all the news clips that they've been showing that the first band I'm going to talk about here today is a band called Black Sabbath. they just reuniting again with their original lineup. So we're going to talk a little Sabbath now. Sabbath, of course, is on my list. I would assume that any metal fan worth their weight in anything has Sabbath on their list. Logan, do I perceive you correctly? Absolutely. I, I you know... Whenever people talk about metal, and they discuss about, you know, what was the first metal band, and some people like to bring up Blue Cheer. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, there's early warning shots in metal, and right. that, that's the. And yeah, if right. you watch Metal Evolution, they talk about right. those kind of bands. And they, uh, uh, that that guy, uh, Sam Sam Dunn, Sam Dunn, yeah, has done an excellent job. No pun intended. Uh, he, he's done an excellent job. Done. Okay, get you. <laughs> Sorry, a little Sorry. slow. He's done an excellent job chronicling of metal. Yeah. And his his little flow chart that he had, uh, the map of it. The evolution of metal. Evolution of metal. I like that it took an anthropologist to right, na- right. And, nail and, all this down. And you know what? I, I, I think that's that's really appropriate. Really appropriate for metal. Because metal does... It, you, you can f- try to find the starting point, and you can debate the starting point all that you want, but I, I, I guarantee you that if there is, if you are a young man, young woman that wants to be in metal, and if you don't point towards your first influences being in Black Sabbath, then get out of metal. Yeah. Because to me, there is no more iconic, uh, even even through some of the changes. Yeah. That they went through. Yeah, um, yeah. There's course, good examples. Uh, you know, of course, uh, we, we can go with the, the first album, uh, Paranoid, uh, but then well, moving on. Well, like uh, like when I, I saw a recent interview with Scott Ian, who's, you know, heralded metal guy in his own right mm. from a great band, Anthrax. I think I saw that. 
Yeah, and he said, people, journalists ask me all the time, what are the top five metal albums? He goes, it's the easiest question I ever have to answer. It's the first five, <laughs> first Black, five. Black Sabbath <laughs> albums. So take it from him. Yeah, uh, and, and he's, got, he's got a great point. Uh, you know, you and I, uh, we talk about finding those artists that can put together three great records in a row. Yeah, four. You know, yeah. Four, I mean, four is the hardest. We talk about Ramon, first four Ramones albums. Right. The the um, 68 to 72 Stones period. Right, right. St- things like that. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, if if you don't point towards Black Sabbath, then... Uh, There's no I'm hope sorry, for you. I'm sorry. There's I no just, hope for I don't, you. I don't know where, where your hope is going to lie. Yeah. It's like being a singer. It's like going out to be a singer-songwriter and not listening to Burt Bacharach in advance. Right. Or, you know... Yeah. I, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. I mean... This yeah. is, this uh, is on, the blueprint on, on, of on your On the side genre. note of that, Burt Bacharach was a fantastic songwriter for the pop genre. Yeah. Tony Iommi, Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. Geezer, Bill Ward. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's a perfect combination. If, if, if you don't get it, then go back and try again. Yeah. Because... You, or you just might not be a fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, I'm sure that somebody and... I don't know. Simon and Garfunkel will miss you, and <laughs> and you can go back to them. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, Sabbath, uh, and also it's it's just like the genre itself. There's a lot of layers of styles to Sabbath right. that never get touched upon. I mean, up until recently, because uh, up until recently, music critics haven't given a shit. Right. I mean, you go back to the first, uh, go read all the old reviews of the Black Sabbath albums when they first came out. Go read Lester Bang's reviews. Go read Rolling Stone's uh, right. approved reviews right. of Black Sabbath, trashing them just like they trash Zeppelin. Completely. And now they love them. Now they're yeah. in the top lists of you know everything that they do. Every they're, time they're... now they're a vintage T-shirt that you can find on the Hollywood Strip. Yeah, uh, MTV dollars. MTV, MTV names Black Sabbath the greatest heavy metal band of all time. Right. Meanwhile, when videos started happening, then they play Sabbath videos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they didn't even yeah. support them then. You no. know, it's just one of those things. So now everybody's at the party for the most part. Journalists, hell, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. They've, they've joined the party, and that's yes. Rolling Stone in general. Yeah. But it's, it's just funny. But yeah, peeling the layers, you hear a lot of styles, uh, they incorporate acoustic uh, guitar work into their stuff a- after about the first three records, actually. Right. Um, you know, they came from jazz, blues backgrounds, right. pasty white boys from England that love our American blues and jazz. And that's what I was going to... I was going to say that, that, I mean, Black Sabbath is blues that had gone completely awry. Mm-hmm. It demonized, yeah. within a sense. Yeah. Uh, playing playing music that used playing, to get you locked up exactly, in, into the hole. Exactly. You know. It... it it's basically like a lot of uh, British music of the time, uh, blues-based, but they just, man, you know, yeah. they just put their their pedal to it. Well, yeah, and, and I, turned out the, you know, the most iconic metal band of all time. Yeah, as a lifelong reader of music over the years, no matter what I was into, you come to realize that uh, the music you write. Uh, where you live is a big reflection of how you uh, how your creative output is influenced because right. Sabbath came along when we had gone to Vietnam and this is a town that hadn't even recovered from World War II yet mm-hmm. I mean it was still in ruins everything right. was like almost everything was still in ruins yeah uh, so r- when I just read Ozzy's book last year he really nailed that point home he was just like we're already going back to war and this place is already shit 
and a lot of early the first two Sabbath records are very influenced by the Vietnam War. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, everybody was talking about it, but they didn't get to the meat and potatoes of it all. They didn't talk about why we shouldn't be at war. <laughs> Sabbath did. <laughs> everybody else just said end it. But Sabbath answered the question as to why. <laughs> and I think there's a lot yeah. to that. And that, that's another reason, if, once again, pulling the layers back. Right. And it's not just dressing in black and being evil for the sake of being evil. Right. Because when you when you really, especially when you nail down guys like Ozzy and Tony, they're just decent guys. Yeah. They're just straight up guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not Satan worshippers. They're not church burners. There was no inverted cross. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the record label put the inverted cross yeah. on their first album, it, <laughs> but it, but it I, helped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a good for the image. So yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, and before we get into the track here, um, just uh, throwing a question at you, Logan. Do you feel that there's anything underrated in the history of Sabbath besides something obvious like the Dio period? Um, is there anything that you would uh, point to that's really hasn't been talked about as much? Man, you know, I, I'm a guy that actually has forbidden. Yeah, well, the, hey, you know, uh, yeah. Tony Martin. Tony Martin. Yeah. Uh, Produced by Ernie C of Body Count. <laughs> what uh, uh, Glenn Hughes was? Yeah. He was on uh, Seventh Star. Yeah, maybe yeah. so. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know. I mean, what would you say about those non-Aussie the Dio non-Aussie albums? Dio records? Are there a few worth? I mean, I know there's a lot of hardcore fans that would say Born Again, but I still can't even hear yeah, that as a Sabbath I mean, album. That's th- really, Born Again, I, I think is, I, those records were, I think, a little bit too pop. Yeah. Especially like uh, like uh, Seventh Star, yeah. uh, Eternal Idol. Well, I, even just reading their history, Tony has sworn hand on his heart that he did not conceive any of those records as Black Sabbath albums. A record label yeah. forced him uh, yeah, to yeah. use the name. And, and yeah, I, I would I would believe that. <laughs> yeah, because those aren't Black Sabbath records. Yeah. He said Seventh uh, you know, Star and, was uh, conceived as what his solo album wanted being. He wanted a different singer for each song when he did Seventh Star. I personally wouldn't necessarily recommend any of those albums um i like to have them right and i think i have most of them i know i at least have forbidden and uh tear the tyr yeah um i'm not going to tell you to run and get them yeah uh for alternate for them being alternate black sabbath vocalist records (laughs) if you're just looking to get like a metal album right it's kind of like not perceiving it under that moniker you know i I would say, you know, stick with your Aussie years, stick with your Dio years. Yeah. The in in Gillian record wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just doesn't sound like a. It, yeah, it, it, he he belonged he belonged in Deep Purple. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think, or or Jesus Christ Superstar. You <laughs> yeah. know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, he, my, he my just le- wasn't Black Sabbath. But yeah, um, yeah I, I I think just stick with your 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 Aussie years, and uh, of course the great. Uh, Ronnie James Dio, yeah. and, uh, and we'll set. get we'll get and we'll get to him later. Um, one last thing before I play the track. Yes, we're gonna play music on the show, but hey, it's it's a special <laughs> show with the reunion announcement. I gotta uh, get another beer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, the reunion announcement for Sabbath. Uh, Rick Rubin producing the album, or quote unquote producing the album. Right. Uh, does it, the album excite you? Number one, and the prospect of a tour, or does one of the other excite you more? For me, um, did you go see them last time they got back together? You no, haven't, no, did you? no, you, I didn't. We've seen Heaven and Hell together. We we have seen Heaven and Hell. Yeah, and uh, 
the only thing that excites me is because I'll be honest, that was my first time to see Tony Iommi. Yeah. And I think I even just like. Yeah, we had that moment. I I clutched you on your shoulder and said, "It just, I just fucking realized, it is the Godfather of fucking heavy metal up there." Yeah, and that was that was. I remember that part specifically. That was during the solo section of the Heaven and Hell song, right? And it's Ronnie and Tony just riffing. And he, and Ronnie and Tony are standing next to me, and you did. You grabbed my arm and you said, "The Father." <laughs> yeah, I'm, it, I'm 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 excited to see uh, Tony Iommi. Yeah. Kind of beyond that, um, and and Geezer Butler is fantastic. Yeah. Bill Ward. It's good to hear that he's his health is doing much better. Yeah. Having Rick Rubin behind it. They'll get good you know, reviews. Uh, it, <laughs> they'll get it, they'll yeah, get the I best mean, reviews of the, their career. Yeah, actually, they, they certainly will. That that that's a Rolling Stone, you know, four and a half, five star record yeah, waiting to yeah. happen. They'll they'll get four. Um, but you know, Rick Rick did a fine job, I thought, with with Death Magnetic, even beyond all the sound clipping or or whatever right. the controversy with that was. I'm one of the few that doesn't hate Death Magnetic. Um, even I, just listening I, to I it. don't hate Death Magnetic at all. Um. Once again, it's, it was the leg. It, it's, it's it the will, leg of the last. It couple was. Of years. It was. It was a leg, even though it ended up with a little bit. You know, <laughs> never mind. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Damn, Metallic always but gets on tangent. I am. Uh, I'll look forward to it. I'll pick it up, uh, most certainly. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to put a lot of hope on it. On the original material. On the original material, because yeah, yeah it, it gets down to uh, how's the songwriting. Yeah. How's the songwriting oh, chemistry Ge- with these guys now? If Geezer's if they, writing the material, I think that, if, I mean... It's, yeah, it's uh, him, you know, if these guys have been at it for, you know, yeah. the last seven, eight months, yeah. you know, there could be something good. Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, as far as the tour, uh, please don't price me out. Uh, on the please tour, don't oh price yeah, me out. Yeah, I, I know what you, you mean. Know, and you know what? And don't put it on Ozfest either. Let's just have a night with Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, you know, that would be and, and a competent opening act. Yeah. Hell, hell, uh, bring somebody like Ghost out to open up. That'd oh, that be, would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah, just be like, we're not afraid of anybody. We'll bring anybody out. Yeah, yeah. Do that. I, I'm sure everybody's vying for that. You know everybody, like Anthrax, like, oh. we'll, we'll do it. We'll oh, yeah. Do it. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I lined up. Yeah. <laughs> they kicked me out because they said, well, you don't have a fucking band. <laughs> well, I'll get one. <laughs> we get Dio's Disciples to open up. Right. Oh, oh hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> We've talked long enough. Uh, what a fun show. It's time to play some Black <laughs> Sabbath for you, since we have sold it to you. What are you going to play? I, I, you know, and I told him before we went on the air, if you ha- if you can talk me out of the song, then go for it. No, I'm not going to. I'm prepared to play either Symptom of the Universe okay. or Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Mm. Symptom. All right, that's what I have lined up. And uh, a great metal band their own right has covered this song. You, you know what I'm talking yes. about. Sepultura, yes. yeah. Yeah. So here's the original version of Symptom of the Universe from actually my personal favorite underrated Sabbath release, Sabotage. That was Helmet. Oh, Helmet also covered it too. Yes, yeah, you're did. right. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of Simple Tour. You think Helmet. So there we go. He's a Helmet guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and right, wait a second. I'm a Simple Tour guy. Too. Oh, yeah, you like both. I'm bogging down. All right. So here it is. I got to uh, get another beer. Yeah. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you. I'm going to have you intro the track. So here you go. All right. Here we go. Uh, this is Black Sabbath from the album Sabotage. Symptom of the universe. All right, turn it up, guys. (laughs) 
that was the almighty Black Sabbath with Symptom of the Universe. You can find that song on many things, but uh, more importantly to me, the album Sabotage from 1975, and what I consider the most underrated of the Aussie years. Uh, and I don't know if you'd agree with me on that, but... Uh, uh, and by the way, on a side note, uh, I would definitely recommend picking it up on the Black Box, the Black Sabbath box set that Rhino put out. It's the eight-disc set of the entire Aussie years, and it's the only place you can still find a remastered Aussie albums with Sabbath. So they need to get off their asses and put those out individually for everybody else. It's massive. Yeah. It's a massive set. This is the Bible of metal right here, since we talked about it. Yeah. The eight-disc Black Box yeah. by Black Sabbath. Yeah. Do you like the Sabotage album? I like Logan? Sabotage. I yeah. certainly do. Um, Even yeah. that instrumental track, uh, Super Tsar, which is a great uh, show opener. I, they played it on the PA uh, when I saw one of the Sabbath reunion shows, and it's a perfect opener. You've got, you got the little Tony Iommi guitar instrumental, and you got the great uh, choir, which sounds evil when you incorporate a choir into the Sabbath sound. <laughs> so things like that. If I ever do an instrumental show, I'm definitely playing that song. Do it. Yeah. So <laughs> package that one. Yeah, that's a good. That, that'd be a good show. So we've we've mentioned this band already twice, I think, <laughs> since we started the show. Let's just get them out of the way. And uh, you know, I I know that's kind of doing kind of a disservice to some of their legacy, but we're going to talk about Metallica. Let's go ahead and shoo them out. Metallica. I like Metallica. I I, I really do. Yeah. And, I really do. And you were even saying you were struggling with putting them on your list yes. in a way. In, in a, a way. And I understand your reasoning. Tell me your reasoning. Okay. Well, you know. My, my, my example to you is the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Beatles get on the Gandhi, Baby Jesus, greatest artist of all time, Rolling Stone, yeah, list every yeah. single time. They're number one. That's never a surprise. Yeah. Not a whole, not a, not a lot of argument against They're, it either. But but nobody puts them on that list because they had heard Meet the Beatles. Right. They they look at those records where it, it was the turning point. The reactionary, Sergeant Pepper's. Uh, Lonely Heart Club band yeah. record, bunch of people on the cover. Yeah. They don't put them on that list, uh, or that's the reason why they're put on that list. Yeah, because they just is, started is, out as a great know, rock and roll be, band. They exactly. were a great garage rock and they roll band. They were fantastic. Lemmy, and, and, Lemmy, Lemmy even said that the Beatles were a better live band than the Stones were. And you know what? <laughs> I, I could see them as being a, you know, a really fun band live, but yeah. then they stopped... Being able to to even reproduce that sound because they became a studio band, mm-hmm. yeah. And not that I'm going to fault them for that, yeah. but you know, taking that and l- now applying that theory to Metallica, uh, Metallica flipped it. They put out their strong material on the front end, which, uh, you know, what I'm glad that they did. Um, you got to grow up. Yeah, in, I, in that. I I grew up. I mean, I I came in a little late because you know, whenever your records on Megaforce Records, yeah. it's hard to find. Metallica but, didn't hit the suburbs until eighty five, eighty six. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it wasn't until Ozzy Osbourne yeah. took them out on the road as an opening act yeah. that Metallica became every kid's, you know, a part of every kid's record collection. Yeah, you said everybody in school. Yeah, the, the, you know, the, Ozzy comes to town. He plays Tarrant County Convention Center in Fort Worth, Texas. Metallica's opening. We all knew that. Yeah. It wasn't a secret. The next day, instead of seeing the onslaught of Ultimate Sin Ozzy Osbourne t-shirts, yeah, I got one they of those. all had Metallica shirts. Yeah. 
I mean, they all had Metallica. Right. I mean, it was it was like, well, did Ozzy play? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ozzy played, but Metallica fucking bettered him. <laughs> I mean, and and for an opening an, an opening act. Yeah. Which you know, is that? That wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, which is exactly what happened to Sabbath when they took Van Halen out on their last tour with Ozzy right. in the late seventies. Mm-hmm. They got they got owned by their opening band. So that happened to Ozzy twice in his lifetime. Uh, you know, <laughs> Hendrix and the Monkees. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking of uh, that. You know, uh, th- that's a whole other yeah, whole yeah. other wacky story. I gotcha. Maybe another show. Maybe another show. There you yeah. go. You're welcome. <laughs> but anyhow, Metallica. I mean, you know, guys, man, awesome stuff. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Kill them all. Ride the lightning. Master of puppets. The Master if of puppets. If you don't is... have these records, yeah. stop listening right now. Leave. Write a little comment. Are you telling on... people to turn my show off? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, if, if, if you don't have one of them, right? You know, and I, I will say, if you don't have Master of Puppets, which I, I think is is yeah. the the better of it's, the three. It, it's the paranoid of the '70s. Yeah, it, it is. It's '80s. Uh, that's what I meant. It's paranoid yes. of the eighties. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's quintessential. Uh, the songwriting on it, I mean, really, uh, it it was it's unreal. Yeah. It's unreal. Whenever you're a fourteen year old kid and you're picking up this record, like like I was, or maybe I was fifteen, and at first you're you're just confounded. How how do humans do this? Yeah. How exactly. do humans possibly? Not just write these songs, but how do they fucking play this fast? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. You know, I'd already been floored with with the incredible guitar work of Eddie Van Halen yeah. and the I have no bones in my wrist drumming of Neil Peart. Yeah. But as a cohesive group to put it all together. Yeah. What if uh, all those guys that, just played a little faster? Yeah, that's what this was. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it 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 was just. I tell you what, it 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 just it just it does something else to that mid '80s suburban kid, mm-hmm. yeah. which is exactly who I was. And and I was aware of Metallica when I first got Master of Puppets, or when I first heard it. I actually didn't hear it until about 1990, if you can mm. believe that. And I had just oh, moved. they had already put out. Yeah, they'd already put Injustice. out Justice. Yeah, and that's the thing is that you know I never owned Justice until like years ago, like wow. when we were working at the record store. Honestly, wow. I'd always heard my, all my friends had it. It was one of those things I heard it all the time. Anyway. Still needs to be remastered, but the good song. Oh yeah, writing. yeah. Here's here's a shout. Uh, yeah, I need to remix the effing album wherever you can find the bass tracks that Jason Newstead must have recorded for this. I thing. thought he did. Please, his put picture that was on the back of the album. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's got more bass tracks on Garage Days. Yes. <laughs> and that's half the length. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but I heard Master Rose the first time all the way through when I was about 11 years old. Yeah. And to get that 11 years old, that's that's craziness. And I think what I'm going to do is to kind of, so you can get an idea of how I felt, the first time I heard Metallica was not MTV. I got lucky, kind of like you did. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't hear him on MTV. There used to I used to live in Abilene, Texas. There was an AM station that was in the basement of the FM station oh, yeah. called Key Rock, not Z Rock. They they basically just copied the format and they were called Key Rock and they played, you know, the hair metal of the day. Sure. 
but even during the lunch hour, they played stuff like this. And wow. I'm gonna play you this song. This is the first Metallica song Very I ever heard. Very progressive. Yeah, like they and I, I I could play you a cassette tape. I still record it off of one of those lunch hours where they played like "Born to Be Wild" by Steppenwolf, and they played "Paradise City" by Guns N' Roses, and then they played this song. Ladies and gentlemen, this is "Damaged Incorporated" by Metallica.
right, that was Damaged Incorporated. That's one of the best album closers of all time right there. Uh, Metallica, 1986, off the Master Puppets album. Go to allmusic.com, a trusted resource in music. They gave it five stars. That's a five-star record, uh, according to them, and, and that's a good site to take their opinion on. Like I said, and I'll recorrect myself once again, it's the Paranoid of the 80s. It's the metal album probably of <laughs> yeah. the decade. I don't, I, I don't yeah. even know if there's any argument to that. You know. Uh, so. uh, well, yeah, it, it's... It's a one A one B. We'll we'll touch that later. Yeah. And then, uh, and was, it, it, that that's just depending on what what part of the day. Uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah, Master okay. of Puppets. Yeah, fucking solid, top to bottom. Yeah. So I had a I had this cassette tape that I recorded off the radio, as a lot of people my age or from my generation did, and I listened to that same tape over and over and over again because it had the best songs on it, and I just saved it one day. So, Damage Incorporated plays, and then Free Will by Rush plays. How, what a great twofer that is, right? I right. Mean, especially after hearing something like that that just melts your head. It's like, ah, 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 okay. I do have a choice. All right. So, anyway, The Canadians, on. they still don't let you go, though. Yeah. The Great Rush. So, we've talked about Metallica and Sabbath, two major icons. These are in my top ten metal icons. I don't that think we agreed on. And we agreed so far. I actually asked Logan in advance to make his own list. And, and, what, and I didn't mention this really much at the top of the show. These are bands, unlike Zeppelin or the aforementioned Rush, that there's no gray area. Yes, those guys have metal influence. Uh, they, they've influenced metal bands. Right. But they're not metal. Uh, and, and I know that sounds like a separatist bullshit thing to say, but <laughs> we're talking about unquestionably heavy metal. It's not trying to be music snob about it. Yeah. Uh, Led Zeppelin is it, it is a, a solid band, yeah. period. Uh, it's like what D. Snyder said, but they play do, folk songs, too. Yeah, they yeah, rocked, do, but they also uh, had folk songs. Do you incorporate <laughs> them into the world of heavy metal? I mean, if you want to, yeah. you know, I, I think that that's a user's opinion. Yeah. I, I, I always say with Zeppelin is the hard rock band, and right. Sabbath is the metal band. Right. That, that's what it is. Right, because these bands are, there is no question, yeah. no question that the word heavy metal is synonymous with these bands, period. Yeah, exactly. I would say, you know, like, Bon Jovi. I like Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi right. grew up listening to Zeppelin. Right. Um, Slayer grew up listening to Sabbath. Right. That, and there you yeah, go. They did. That, yeah. that, that's what it is yes. at the end of the day. Yes, so. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I asked I asked Logan in advance, it's okay to agree with me on any of these choices, but I would like an alternate 10 from you. But it was okay to disagree. It's it's always okay to disagree. And this is what we pretty much, we got paid to do this for years. Have these kind of, <laughs> what you're hearing now is just, was another day at the it's, office. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, best office ever, but... I asked, uh, could you make an alternate list? Uh, and so since we've talked about two bands right now, I want you to tell me about two other metal bands that maybe the people out there may not know about, whether they're brand new or iconically classic to you. Now you want me to do two? or do you Go ahead and do two now. L- Hit me. Or, or do you want to do your one? No, I've, I, we've done two, and we've agreed on it. Okay. So I want to, oh, t- tell you what, talk about one before we go into this next band. Okay. Uh, my my next band that I'll, I'll, I'll bring up as being... Uh, very iconic in the genre uh, is band that came uh, came into that new wave of British heavy metal. Um, you you know the name, um, and it's not Motorhead. Okay. And it's not early Def Leppard. Okay. And it's not Samson. Okay. But it's Venom. Yes. I think Venom um, is a very iconic uh, heavy metal band. Uh, 
part of that new wave of British heavy metal, yeah. like I said. Um, I mean, I know him they, as referenced as one of the first dark, dark, like almost like death metal. Am I right about well, this? It, like, yeah, they I influenced mean, thrash bands for it, sure. It, they, they influenced thrash. They would go on to influence um, black metal. And curiously enough, they actually had the album uh, that they had. They coined the term black metal. They coined the term uh, black metal. the term right? within a sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could uh, you could touch on some of that early uh, Norwegian black metal, uh, which of course is a created its own genre, mostly for controversy. Uh, but if you really pay attention, uh, I, I really think that if if you're willing to take that extra step and let your mind and your ears be flexible <laughs> okay because it's 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 a difficult genre to get into and and I will even say that uh, as I'm definitely for lack of a better term the devil's advocate here mm-hmm. with with that genre especially right because I we've had this conversation many yes. times I'm not a big death metal guy I am I'm more of a pop influence guy yeah. I mean I'm a kid that grew up in the 80s and that's fine you, and and uh, and so I like even in my metal I want pop aspect I and we'll talk about a lot of those bands later on here, but I I, I need that and I the heaviest I really get as 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 a metal fan as a buyer right is pretty much Slayer and Sepultura right and that's that's about that that's as much as you can ask of me to right. where I'll actually attend the shows and buy the albums right so f- even for me you're talking to everybody else of course but just talking to me if you're gonna and you're doing a good job on talking about how perhaps they're misunderstood because the genre of death metal, especially kids that even see the VH1 classic stuff, they see the church right. burnings and all that stuff on the metal uh, documentaries. Well, I mean, you know, for for me, what happened was whenever we got into the 80s and then, you know, we just listened to uh, Damage Incorporated off of Master of Puppets. Yeah. Yes, we liked it, but what did it also do? It pissed off our parents. Yeah. And that's that builds your your army of metalheads to a particular genre to where they they will eat consume sleep it's it's birth school metal death yes just like my yeah your my whole mantra yeah you'll, you'll get your plugs don't worry that's fine <laughs> yeah. but you know for me i i kept looking for things that were heavier faster what happened was, you know, at the tail end of the 80s, um, there was a lot of the mainstream metal that you may or may not call metal, but yeah. it was the convenient tag. It was heavier than Michael Jackson. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was, was heavier than. It was easy enough to piss off your parents just with a copy of Shout the Devil right, by Motley exactly, Crue. Exactly. And so, yeah. but but I, I needed to find something that would consume me with heavier faster okay and you know what what's kind of amazing is that a band like venom who was actually out like in the early part of the 80s yeah. but they went i mean unless you were part of that early underground i'm sure that the guys in and slayer could tell you about you know listening to you know welcome to hell yeah or black metal as an album now you know i'm not going to tell you that songwriting is is the greatest i mean you only have to listen to the song Teacher's Pet off of black metal and go, Ugh. But I think still as a 
defining part of the genre. I think Venom is very, um, very essential to part of it. Uh, I, I would still say pick up, pick up Black Metal. It's well, not. That's, that's it's, the album. I was going to ask you next. I would uh, say just pick up the album Black Metal. It's not going to be as shocking of an album. Yeah, right. Especially since it was made in the early '80s, but yeah. back in the '81, uh, or uh, it has eight, like a it doesn't it have like a pentagram on the cover. It's like a picture yeah, of the singer. Yeah, I'm trying it, to remember which and, one and that that's, is. You know, that was a lot of it is because the <laughs> album art. You know, it, albums were God. I mean, how 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 big were albums? Yeah. I mean, they were like mini posters. Yeah, exactly. You know, they were art. 13 inches by 13 inches with a big picture of a pentagram with a with a goat head on it. Yeah. You know, that, that's the album. oh my god. Yeah, I, you know? I know that's a lot of it. I mean, I mean just, that's that's tremendous. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that buy albums yeah. back in the day because they didn't have a lot of outlets to hear it like we do nowadays. Right, they would buy it based off of the cover. I remember hearing interviews with like punk bands and even some metal bands that said I bought Iggy Pop's Raw Power just because the album cover was so cool. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure Venom did their job with their album cover. Yeah, for Venom sure. Venom certainly did. Uh, black metal, I would say uh, that that would be. Uh, the the one to pick up. Uh, it 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 is a very strong influence on extreme metal. Okay. Period. So, all right. Venom. All right. So Venom on your list. So Venom. if you keep it, if you keep in score, add Venom to Logan's list. Now we're gonna um, play you a track and talk about a band that is on my list. And since we just played a Metallica song, this is obviously. Uh, if you were listing bands, this one usually comes afterwards, and I, I almost, I get real militant about that. I hate the fact that they take the back seat that they do, and it's well documented, even on this show. Ooh. But I'm going to talk about Megadeth. Yeah. And uh, to me, the thing I, the thing to me that makes Megadeth better than Metallica. Okay, it's not a competition, but um, you'll hear more punk influence in Megadeth. So if you're if you're a fan of metal and punk rock. You'll get that in in Megadeth. If you if you, if, it's like you know, Metallica listened to Rainbow, and not that Megadeth did, not that Dave Mustaine did. Let's just say Dave Mustaine, obviously. Right. For uh, Dave Mustaine, you could tell also listened to the Sex Pistols and the Ramones, yeah. and you know all all the biggies. Yeah. Uh, you know, he got he he had his ear to more things and wasn't as limiting stylistically. Right. And I think you hear a lot of that because he's more political. I mean, that's that's punk rock. You know, at its Easily. At, at its essence, yeah, and and not that it has to be. And I'm not a huge fan of politics in there, but uh, something pisses him off, he's going to write about it. But he's also going to make it to where any metal fan that you know has a even has a, just a GED can wrap their <laughs> head around it. You know, basically that's what it is. He's the CN. It's like Public Enemy was the CNN of urban America yeah. in the '80s. Megadeth was the CNN for the other kids. Right. You know, he talked about everything else that's going on in the world and why it's bullshit. And I think that is something that only Sabbath had really done up until then. So I think that's why they, they should be on the list. And they're not Sabbath clones either. That's the thing about it. They're not Sabbath clones. They, and plus, everything that you said that you liked about Metallica from the ground up. Right. Obviously, Dave Mustaine has a lot to do with that. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I I can appreciate Megadeth being on your list. I I do think they were they were the uh, metal band growing up in the in the Reagan years because of like you said the 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 political aspects. Yeah. Um, I, I 
you know, I could care less if if, if you talk about politics. You right, know. right. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of you two. Who early right. early on is nothing hardly short of a political band. Yeah. Within a sense. Yeah. Uh, maybe not song wise or anything, but at least with their shows. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I think it added to that that uh, that songwriting that Dave Mustaine did uh, did have. I mean, not to say that he doesn't. Um, I haven't paid as much attention over the last, I don't know, few years. Right. I've seen him a couple times in, yeah. in, the, in the last uh, 10 years. Yeah. Still a solid show. Yeah. Dave Mustaine's great. He sounds fantastic. My God, he's not uh, one yeah. of the three I mean, best metal guitar players of all time. I'm not even bullshitting about that. No, no. I, he, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he really is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, P-Cells, solid record. Um, rest in peace, Rest in man. peace. Oh. You know what? That, that's, I mean, that's the metal album for musicians. That's that, the musician metal album right and it, there. And it, it might have been, you know, because that record came out, and, and correct me, was it 1990? There was a trilogy of phenomenal metal records that came out that year. You have, oh, actually four. Uh, I believe, I, I might be wrong about this, but I know Persistence of Let's Time hear. came out that right. year. Seasons in the Abyss by Slayer. Yeah. Rust in Peace. And I yeah. believe... Uh, not the first Sepultura album, but the one that broke them. Oh, uh, Arise, right? Didn't Arise. A, didn't Arise come out in 90? Ar- I thought Arise actually came out in 91. Yeah, it was all that period. And even Priest came out with a great record that year. Painkiller. Painkiller. And Cowboys from Hell from Pantera came out all in 1990. All in 90. And, yeah. and you know, for a genre that uh, commercially that had already killed itself. Yeah. And we thought it was done. Yeah. Um, and it lost a lot of fan base. Yeah. That, I feel like every band just went. This is a new decade, bitch, and that right. was it. You know, all bets were off after that. It was it was hard to find many many good metal records yeah. after 1990. Yeah. Uh, you could you could count on a handful, but yeah, I I I, I would agree. I, I I fully agree with that. Yeah. So, and, and that's the thing is, that, I mean, you, you, some of you out there have probably even seen the behind the music. People watch behind the music even if they don't like the bands because it's such a compelling show. But uh, the Megadeth behind the music really just puts forward the fact that Dave Mustaine, along with David Ellison, who's right. very underrated also. Very uh, underrated. They basically were a two-man project that always had guys coming in and out and in and out of the band. And they still managed to be only just number two to Metallica, for lack of a better term. Yeah. They were admitted such chaos, but they're so talented. Their talent—that's how talented they are. It couldn't be denied. Yeah. They all—they all like. I mean, Damon Stain died at one point. He's an unreliable drug addict and alcoholic. Right. But he's so good. He only managed to just stay at number two. Right. The, the, yeah. So that's Megadeth. Right. <laughs> and uh, I, I've played—I've actually played uh, Megadeth on the show before. I played Wake Up Dead. Yeah. On uh, the second episode. And I was. Ooh, what's this one? Well, see. What are you going to play? I think I'm going to go with a personal favorite. Uh oh. And this is off not so much a newer album or an older album. It's kind of in the middle era. This isn't on Risk, is it? No, it's not. Okay, good. Risk is horrible. Don't buy that album. <laughs> but I would say. And I was about to leave. It was off of Risk. Yeah. I was such a big fan of Rust in Peace that I actually don't really like Countdown to Extinction all that no. much. I like about half of it. No. I think Euthanasia is a better album. Uh oh. So I'm going to play something off of Euthanasia. Unless you can just completely talk me out of it. Let's hear it. I'm going to play this song. And this actually puts forward something that I mentioned earlier that I like in my metal that Megadeth does not get enough credit for. Because when they want to be this way, they do it very well. Megadeth with a little bit of pop sensibility. Uh oh. This is Addicted to Chaos. Here you go. 
All right, that was Megadeth with Addicted to Chaos. You can find that song on the album from, I want to say, 94. Because, yeah, I was just starting high school. So there you go, 94, Euthanasia. I think that album's better than Countdown to Extinction. Send me all the hate mail you want. But I, I love that record. And that, that that's one you don't hear very often as far as the style that they point to that Megadeth is responsible for. And I like that album a lot. And I think you should go check it out. And what did you think of that track? Uh, it's a good track. Yeah. Uh, it has a groove. It does. Yeah. And I think they can get away with that a lot better than uh, the band that he helped start, Metallica. Yeah. So. I agree. All right. And uh, I'm going to, uh, before I get to my next pick, I'm going to have another alternate pick. I'm going to pass it over to you, Logan. Who you got for me next on your list? Next on my list, I have uh, one of the pioneers of death metal. Uh, Venom. Besides Venom. Yeah, well, Venom Venom was more of a pioneer of... Black uh, metal. J- uh, well, black metal. And they're, they're different, uh, too, aren't because they? because of the album. Uh, a, lot of people the don't, album. a lot of people listening may not know this. There is a difference. Yes, there, there's there, there's a, a slight difference that I have come to uh, know and appreciate between the two. Um, uh, Venom, Venom actually uh, was really more of a thrash band, but they okay. went on to influence more of the black metal genre. Okay. Um, death, though... Uh, and the band is called Death, by the way. Death. Just, we, we're saying death metal a lot. I want to make that clear. The band is called Death. Okay. Um, they they were out of the... And this is... I'm, I'm being absolutely straight-faced whenever I say this, but they were out of the completely just fertile Floridian scene of death metal. Yeah. Um, because that area was just breeding, strangely, yeah. a, a, a genre of American death metal that, that you couldn't really find in, in many other places. Uh, and just the, the little bit that I know about it, and having heard that, and I've heard that before, yeah. I think that was the rebellion of the, of the area itself. Because if you live in Florida... Uh, I I know that Tom Petty came from Florida. Right. I know that Leonard Skinner, if I'm not mistaken, came from Florida or Georgia or both. Southeast. But it's it, but that's big down. That that yeah. stuff is all big down there. Right. And plus, you got all the Afro-Cuban stuff, right. which is coming in from Cuba. Right. So you got all this Miami stuff going on. Gloria Stefan and and <laughs> right. I'm not I'm not kidding. No no no. That, no. That you're, was, you're absolutely right. When, I mean, when death came along, Gloria Stefan was the queen of Miami. When, when <laughs> and and whenever death came along, they they probably picked up Venom's. Uh, black metal album. Yeah. I'm 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 pretty certain. Uh, Chuck Schulender. Uh, yeah. I think I'm saying his name correctly. Yeah. Uh, basically, he is the he's the guy. brand of death. Yeah. Um. What what a what a tremendous uh, force he was. Uh, uh. He actually passed away from brain cancer. Yeah. I, I believe in 2002. Yeah. That was a big um, deal. Big deal. But you know, it, you listen to early death albums, and you you would you would think that they're just normal thrash crossover type records. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until after you listen to like Scream, uh, was it Scream Bloody Gore, um, The Leprosy, I think was was another one of their records. I I I could be completely wrong here. I'm just trying to think off the the top of my head. Now, and, um, and, and I actually know, I've, I've actually known a little bit about death over the years. I was a kid growing up. I, I was really into playing guitar. I took piano lessons and I took guitar lessons. I started buying Guitar World magazine 
and the name that always kept popping up of a band that I had never heard before. They used to right. talk about Chuck Schulander all the time. Virtually people would, so. People would write in letters like, Chuck is the greatest metal guitar player in the world, and you need to cover him. That's how, I just remember hearing his name more in the letter section yeah. than anything. And they used to do these little profiles on him. Right. So I know that name. He has a reputation. And, and you know, the early, the early material that he has, uh, where it's, it's great, it's great stuff, but he was one of those, you know, he was the fine cheese of death metal. He got better the more, the older he got. You get into those early records, and like I said, you might think that they're just kind of maybe normal, you know, thrash crossover type yeah. records. Yeah. But it wasn't until um, entering into really the the, the late eighties uh, to where his material really. I mean, he had been through so many different moves, uh, lineup changes. I mean, you know, he 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 was he was the band. Yeah. But there's a lot of parallels to Megadeth. Exactly. Uh, adversity but, creates uh, a lot of good art. You know, what you get into about, like I said, the early '90s with the record Human. Um, That's a record I heard the name of. A lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, human, uh, individual thought patterns, symbolic, all those records. Um, so technical. The the instrumentation on it is is just unbelievable. The songwriting uh, personifies death metal, yeah. um, and not to take anything away from fellow Floridians' obituary yeah. uh, for what they contributed to the American scene, but I I really think you know what death. Okay, do you? And I'm not saying this to be jokingly. Do you think Marilyn Manson was a fan of? Uh... Because he came from Florida. You think he was a fan of death and obituary and uh, stuff like you that? You know... Uh, you think it had an influence on him? The same kind of rebellion. It's hard It's hard to tell from that guy. Right. Um, what his... To me, the the Manson influences uh, lie mainly upon uh, maybe not so much musical uh, as, as much as it is personifications of what the music is. Yeah. You know, the shock rock values. Yeah. Uh, the Alice Coopers, the David Bowies. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, you know, those two, uh, hey, you know, I, I know that they're, we can't label them as yeah. metal. Right. But I think that you can attribute um, their alternate personalities yeah. to what, what metal is. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kiss. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of what metal is, yes. Uh, oh, we're going to get into my pick here. Absolutely, <laughs> and uh, and I, I fully, I fully support this two hundred and twenty-eight percent. Yeah, well, and 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 to be fair, I'm, I'm going to put a big disclaimer in front of this one. This guy would have been on the list if we'd have done this show three years ago. He still would be on the list. There's he would have no... been. He would have been on this list probably ten years ago. Oh, any any year that pretty much any year he was out, he would have. Well, you know, but from about the mid '80s on, he will make any of these top ten lists and should. And I'm talking about Dio, Ronnie James Dio. Uh, you know, just his solo ventures aside, and yes, pointing to his body of work with Rainbow, with Black Sabbath, but standing on his own, he he shined and. He is metal. He is the. That's why were we so sad when he passed away? Because he's he's basically that we we almost point to him as the father of yes. heavy metal. He was yes. our caretaker, our caregiver. He, he was the ambassador. Yeah, there you go. Of everything that is is good. Now, because yeah. the, the only person that I knew that he didn't like 
was Vivian Campbell. Yeah. That was it. And kind I mean, of Ozzy that was, that and was, kind of Gene Simmons. Just like you know, that that was that was his short list to yeah. me. I that I, was it. I remember ten years ago I called him the Henry Kissinger of heavy metal. He absolutely is. He's the ambassador of all things that are great and pure of yeah. the genre. Yeah, he's well spoken, he's good to his fans. Yes. Never Fantastic heard a bad word about fans. the guy. No. Guy, guy, even was like, I'm not going to postpone one show, just because my stomach's hurting, and it ended up killing him. I mean, that that's even. I remember Geezer Butler even said yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, there you go, Ronnie James Dio. Ronnie James Dio. I, uh, you know, I had a song lined up here to play, and I think I'm going to have to go with my gut here. Oh no. Because originally I was going to go with one of my underrated favorites, and uh, by the way. You know, you've heard about Holy Diver and Last in Line, but I love the Dream Evil album, so go get that album too. Dream Evil is a great album. Fantastic record. I was going to play I Could Have Been a Dreamer, but I think in order to get across the true aspect of what Ronnie was to us and how much of a leader he was in the metal community. Wait, it's not off Strange Highways, is it? No. Wait for it. I'm going to play you the thing that showed the rest of the world, the ones that cared to acknowledge it, that we weren't all idiots. We all had something to do in this world. We had maybe a little bit of responsibility to go with our celebrity. Ryan James Dio. This is big. I'm going to play you. No. Stars. No! So here you go. This is Ryan James Dio leading the entire, pretty much the entire metal community uh, in order to help save some lives. This that's, is Hearinade with stars. That's here, fantastic. Here you go.
Alright, as we used to say back in the day, that was a closet classic for you. That uh, that was Hearinade with Stars, and uh, Logan, stop me when you're ready. Uh, lead vocals by Eric Bloom of BOC, Ronnie James Dio, Don Dockin, Kevin Debro of Quiet Riot, Rob Halford of Judas Priest, <laughs> Dave Minichetti from YNT, Paul Holy Shortno shit. of Rough Cut, <laughs> Jeff Tate, of course, of Queensryche, all the lead guitar solos, Vivian Campbell, Carlos Cavazzo of Quiet Riot, Buck Dharma, Brad Gillis, Craig Goldie, George Lynch, Ingvay Malmsteen. Christ, how do you get that many people in one room? Eddie Fingers Ojeda of Twisted Sister, Neil Sean from Journey, Rhythm Guitar by Dave Murray and Adrian Smith mm. of Iron Maiden. Uh-huh. Um, there you go. That, and, and basically the rest of the D.O. band. Uh, I don't think you could fit every single name on the back of the 7-inch. No. Which is, you you had the 7-inch, yeah, right? I had the 7-inch. And, okay. and I... Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I didn't have... It wasn't listed in my Encyclopedia Britannica at all. So you know what's great? I'm looking at you the had to list go. Of, you, you had to go with the video, yeah, and I'm even at, then, it's just that's phenomenal. I'm looking at the entire list of who was on this, and the ones that really stick out as oddballs. Because of course, you got like pretty much everybody in Quiet Riot, a couple of guys from Ozzy's band, of course, all of Dio. Wasp. How did Jafria showed up? Jafria was in there, and uh, Ted Nugent is in there somewhere, well, and so I mean, is, you know. and so is, of course, uh, Harry Shearer, better known as Derek yeah. Smalls of Smile Tap. <laughs> and then they actually tracked down a guy from Vanilla Fudge. Holy shit! And he's in, so it's basically the We Are the World of Metal. It, if you've it never, was, if you've, it was, it was the We Are the World of Metal. If you've never heard that, I hope you enjoyed that. That was from my vinyl transfer of the vinyl of Here and Aid Stars, which I have to tell you, thank you for for getting a copy of that to me. No problem. If anybody else doesn't have that, I will not send that to you. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> coming up next, speaking of uh, Adrian Smith and Dave Murray, yes. I'm going to play you one of my favorite bands and one of Logan's favorite bands, I know for sure. Actually, and before we really intro the band properly, the first time that me and Logan ever hung out, besides just <laughs> bullshitting in the yeah. record store, was I said... I walked in the store one morning and I said, uh, "Hey, man. Hey, I saw that the Iron Maiden reunion tour tickets went on sale today. Would you like me to get you a ticket?" <laughs> and he said yes. And that was the first time we ever hung out. It might have been a fuck yes. Yeah, <laughs> because they were they were doing small venues. Yeah, original lineup. Well, whoa, okay. the popular let's, lineup. Let's just say the the. You know the, the, the power the popular slave lineup line plus the, Yonic. the peace of mind, the <laughs> number of the beast lineup. Yes, um, not original, which yeah. you know we don't have to get involved yeah, in that's, that. That's 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 way too much of a family yeah. tree to go through. Yeah. But we're gonna play Iron Maiden. <laughs> Iron Maiden, uh, and and there is no words I can tell you about. Uh, you know. They they are they are one of my all time favorite bands. They were my first concert back in 1985, uh, the World Slavery Tour. Who opened that show? Wasp. Wasp. Yeah. Wasp opened up that show. Um, then they your, rolled your out. Your dad took you. My dad took me my to my first show. Me. He took me to Poison. You my saw Maiden the first time. <laughs> uh, and strangely, my dad watched Wasp, but then. Um, decided to step out for a cigarette back whenever you could smoke inside the arena yeah. and missed all of Iron Maiden. <laughs> um, I apparently got high on contact, a contact high off of marijuana that was in the arena, according to my dad, which I cannot 
I mean, neither confirm not, nor deny. It's not your fault. <laughs> but yeah, it's not my fault. Uh, but it is the show that that I set all shows that I see on. It was, I mean, you know, from Aces High to Running Free. Yeah, the the I Live mean, After Death I, album I cannot, is what you saw, yes, right? Yes, I, I saw, they recorded Live After Death at Long, Long Beach Arena, I believe. Yeah. But it was all the same Almost song. exactly one week from the date that I saw them. Oh, cool. Yeah, because that was a tour um, closer, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, uh, I cannot even tell you how much that this band has influenced me as a person and kept me sane throughout my entire life. That's 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 even up till now. That is what metal's about. Yeah. Is you know, metal wasn't one of those uh metal was a genre that that got me through rough periods of my life. If I was just pissed off at the world, you know what? Yeah. I threw on you know, Power Slave. I threw on Master of Puppets. I threw on any of these records that 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 you know we're talking about today, yeah. and you know that's, strangely that, that's enough, a, it's it, it was the calming touch. Yeah, and that's I, I make that point a lot. If I was going to write like a paper on heavy metal, mm-hmm. one of the first things I would point out is compared to the primal scream method of therapy, and I make this comparison, and I love to make this comparison because it's at the expense of someone that I'm not a big fan of. Um, I talk about Tom Araya from Slayer as an example. Right. Uh, I like Tom. That's not the guy I'm not a fan of. You'll see what I mean here in right. a second. Tom Araya, whenever you see him in interviews, or even like Carrie King, who who has a reputation of being kind of a tough guy, yeah. but when you see him in interviews, they're all like, hey, we just do this for the fans. You know, it's for the kids. You know, and um, this is what we do. And uh, they're real fucking mellow. But you yeah. see him on stage, of yeah. course, it's a whole other story. Shit's they're on. brutal. But off stage are just like, hey, you know, and, you know, and has Tom Araya ever been picked up? For like a DUI, or nope. if they were knocked on his door for a domestic dispute, no, no. James Taylor, smack addict, <laughs> beat, beat his wife. Right? Does James Taylor rock out on stage like Slayer? Fuck no. So there you go. There, that's my that's my little metal essay there for Can you. Can I get a high five out of that? Yeah, high five. All right. <laughs> so, but yeah, but Maiden, Iron Maiden. I mean, quintessential. They they, yeah. they actually for me. Run probably number two to Black Sabbath on on uh, on metal acts. I like it. Uh, w- they introduced the icon, the the mascot. Yeah, I, you to, know to, to metal. they were uh, they were they were the band that really man- used the manipulation of the album cover. Uh, they used every single every single millimeter of the album cover to sell their records. I mean, you could talk, you know, even, you know... Uh, Did you ever used to, like, sit down with Power Slave oh, and try oh, to figure out what was going on oh, in the background yeah. there, like, Absolutely. on the steps? I, What's I, going I, on I, on the steps I, there? I, I, I looked for the Mickey Mouse hieroglyphic. <laughs> I, you know... I, actually, one of my favorites... Is there is, Mickey Mouse it, and, hieroglyphic and, 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 and on Power Joey, Slave? Joey had set out some of his records, uh, you know, just, just for good times and all that sake. But Somewhere in Time is actually one of my favorite covers from them. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not necessarily one of my favorite records, right? Even though, but you still well, bought. I'll, 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 I'll move yeah. on to that in a second. Yeah. But it, it's it's such a great cover because you flip it over, and on the back there's so many different, like there's gimmies for the fans to the 
the the the band's previous work. Yeah. You know, there uh, there's, there's the pyramid. There's from... like the the the, the big uh, power slave pyramid in the background, and it looks like that scene from Ghostbusters, right? Where the lightning's coming into the pyramid area, oh, right. with, with, yeah. the, with and, the gargoyles. And, you know, they're at the Aces High Bar. You know, there's Acacia uh, Street. I know is on there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Down here at the bottom, Live After Death is on the marquee of whatever this Philip K. Dick Cinema is. There's a Bradbury which, Bar, you know, which is a testament to uh, some the great of the Ray, Ray Brad. Bradbury, who so. wrote "Stranger in a Strange, Strange Land, Land," if I'm not right. mistaken, yeah, right? I think you're right. And there's a song on that album called "Stranger in a Strange Land." Things That's like that. odd, but no, uh, Iron Maiden. I mean, it, you know, if anything, they 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 took they took not just music but art. Yeah. Uh, the art. And you can thank Derek Riggs for a lot of that. Too. Yeah, Derek Riggs was a lot. And, he was the and, guy that drew all these album covers yeah. and all the shirts. And every Eddie thing you've seen is Derek Riggs. Right. Well, and you know. You know, if if you want to talk about the low point of '90s Iron Maiden, um, and even even the 2000s, uh, what, what we've experienced here, up I don't up consider through, the 2000s a low point. You know, I, I I I would say this, and because I've I've been through this myself, because I remember hearing, and this is this is a prime example that Joey and I have talked about, but Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Oh yes! Oh my God! This is this is Let the big controversy what, between had, us. I had turned my back on that record. Oh, yeah. I was like, you know what? This is not the Maiden. This isn't Maiden. And I blame somewhere in time on. for that. I blame. I said because yes, you got so turned off by the keyboards. Yes. And the fact that it wasn't Power Slave good. Exactly. You refused to give Seventh Son the time of day. That's how I, I hear, felt. You know what? I didn't hear Flash of the Blade on any of this. <laughs> Deep cut for all of you, yeah. up the Irons fans. Okay. You know what I'm saying. But I got to tell you that once you let that 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 album kind of sit, f- sit for a little bit, and then you go back and you revisit, and you're like, you know what, why do I have this record? Well, you listen to the record, and then you go back and go, oh, wow, even what I thought was half-baked Iron Maiden at mm-hmm. the time ends up being so much better than anything that you currently can hear from any still trying to do it yeah. metal band. And they're they really try. They and and one of the few that still have a lot of vigor and now and what they do. As I'm not gonna give you a lot of excuse for like no prayer and fear of the dark. No, no prayer is pretty bad. No prayer is probably the worst of those. And fear has its moments. Fear does it's definitely better. does have its moments. Yeah. But but I would certainly say um Especially for the Bruce years, yeah, um, which you know have been kind of cut up with. Actually, I I I, I think was it Virtual Eleven yeah. with Blaze Bailey. Yeah, I happen to think that's an okay album. Right. I'm not going to try to convince you. I know. You know, but it does have the Klansman. Yeah, and when Bruce does it, but I'll tell love you that it. Bruce does it better than than Blaze. That's what it's all about. However, I still. You know, I have to give it to Blaze for taking on and being, you know, I, I got to give it to Steve Harris yeah. and all those guys yeah. uh, for trying trying to make the best of a situation. And yeah. they did they did actually, actually do a fine job. Yeah. X-Factor, eh. Yeah, X-Factor and Virtual Eleven. Virtual Eleven, though, I, I would say give that, give that a little bit more of a shot. Yeah. 
Um, Blaze, man, you did you did good. And he's, uh, for all intents and purposes, I've, I've always heard really good things about him. And he's been through a lot he's, since he's, he's been such out of Maine. Out, he's such sucks. an outstanding gentleman. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, you know, if he was maybe a little bit more on the mainstream popular level, yeah. uh, the guy could be up, could be up there with, as another ambassador to the, yeah. the, the great genre of heavy metal. Yeah. Well, but, um, so what are you going to play for us, Joey? Would, um, we talked about Seven Sun. Oh would, do you want to do you want a request from that, or do you want to tell you what? You're the I, I give you seniority. You're the maiden guy. Well, and what would you like to hear out of anything that they've done? God, they, you know I'm, what? I'm prepared to play the clairvoyant, but you can talk me out of that if no, you want. No, no. You know what? I'm I, I'm going to go ahead and uh, go with the controversial clairvoyant. Um, it's not really that controversial anymore. I I I I do contend. God, now. we used to have arguments about. I do this contend record. now that that after all these years, yes, I was wrong. Oh well, and, hey, <laughs> and there, I wasn't there, expecting that today yeah, and, on the show. Th- there you go. It's documented for your uh, seventh son a, is is a strong record. Um, this is a big moment for me. Yeah, it's a huge moment for Joey. Um, <laughs> write him, tell him that you're proud of him. Um, you know the Iron Maiden has so many so many different fantastic songs. Man, I I, I mean, I mean, is there anything that off the top of your head you want to yeah. hear? Flash of the Blade. I'll play Flash of the Flash Blade. Flash of the Blade. But... Actually, that that is one of my favorite songs from them. Yeah, it's such a deep cut from that incredible Power Slave record. Yeah. Um, it's your call, man. It's your show. No, no, no. You're a guest, ladies here. and gentlemen. We're going to play, or actually Joey's about to click it. You're going to hear the clairvoyant from the awfully underrated Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, Iron Maiden, Up the Irons, people.
was Iron Maiden, introduced so greatly there by Logan. Uh, that song is called The Clairvoyant. It's off of maybe my personal favorite Maiden album, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Whoa. And I'll tell you the fun story behind that. I won the cassette of that from a radio contest. <laughs> if you remember the syndicated Metal Shop. You remember Metal Shop? Yes. I won it in a write-in contest, and the contest was to go to Castle Donington 1988 mm. to see the bill that was Iron Maiden, Kiss, Megadeth, David Lee Roth, Guns N' Roses, Halloween, and Great White. Oh. Yes, I still remember that. And But think about that bill. That's evil. When, when you go up the bill. Yeah, exactly. That's wrong. That's wrong. So, well, not wrong, but it's it's right in so many different ways. I, I, I can't tell you. I got a letter in the mail one day with a package closed. And the letter stated, thank you for writing in for the contest. We drew your name first to oh. win, but I was nine years old. <laughs> and they said, due to legal reasons and blah, 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 we can't. Because it, it was basically just like send one dude out there. Because right. that's all the budget they had, I guess. <laughs> they couldn't have my dad or even my, like my mom would have taken me. I love you, mom, but I know you wouldn't have made no, that trip she wouldn't to go to that. a metal festival. Especially the metal festival. I would have taken you. Yeah, thank you. If, since we hadn't met at the time, but uh, well, and like what I was probably <laughs> this is '88. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is the same festival that those people at the Guns N' Roses show got trampled at and died. Oh. So imagine an eight-year-old being there. So yeah, I, who knows? Maybe I hey, wouldn't. Hey, mom, even... can I go get trampled by a bunch <laughs> of crazy hooligans? Yeah. yeah. So they sent me the uh, as a consolation prize. They thanked me for listening. They sent me like. A poster, I don't even remember what of now. Well, that's they, sweet of them. They sent me a gift certificate for a free pair of Levi's 501 jeans. <laughs> my first pair of 501s. What's these buttons up front here? Jesus. Boy, that's 80s. And, uh, hey, hey nice. And uh, showing me off his buttons for some reason. What is this, Too I'm Fast s- for Love? I'm s- and they sent me the cassette of Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. So that's very sweet of them. There you go. There's my there's my Seventh Son. That's, that's maybe the- sweet. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, this is a band that Logan did mention earlier. We're going to talk about Motorhead just a little bit here. and uh, New wave of British heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know punk rock guys that aren't metal fans that love Motorhead. This is the thing that I... This is one of the reasons why they belong on a list of top ten metal icons. Because, yeah, we said no gray areas. And really, on the basis, there is no gray area with Motorhead. But it's the band pure that the punk rockers and the metal, metal. guys... Pure metal. Pure metal. But pure clean, well, <laughs> it's like a pure dirtied up, scrunchy, <laughs> drunken metal. Yeah, you um, know it. It, it it's uh, is is there really that many other icons than Lemmy that can personify what what is what is great about living in the world of what metal is? A, a Motorhead show is exactly uh, something that Henry Rollins said one time when he said he, uh, he he said he'd never had his sense of smell more violated than <laughs> when he was on a plane on a tarmac waiting for the last band on the festival to get on the plane and all of a sudden his nose is full of alcohol, tobacco, leather, <laughs> and man sweat and Motorhead has gotten on the plane. 
and that's a that's a Motorhead show in in essence. And I've been and here's the thing. I, I don't mean to out you here, Logan. No, no, no. You've no. seen Motorhead before. Yes. But I, I gave you a really snobby thing that I took back immediately after we saw them on the Metal Gods tour. Oh. Is that I said you've seen Motorhead. But don't scratch them off the list yet, because you really haven't seen them until no. you've seen them in a club or theater yeah. where they will completely kill you. I, and and I, you know what? I, I, I don't scratch them off a list. <laughs> I, you know, I, not to say that I hadn't been flippant mm-hmm. at uh, a couple different times at Motorhead, uh, but let me tell you, they are, they are everything that is absolutely wrong about metal. Absolutely, the booze, the 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 smoke, the songwriting, and not is even just, the the traditional yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, kind of singing. That's it it's is, all off the table. It 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 you know it is, it's a it's a gateway drug. <laughs> Motorhead is a gateway drug, and they should be, uh, for every single right reason. I mean, whenever whenever they, you know bursting out there with just self-title mm-hmm. and then they come just keep coming at you yeah they put out oh, overkill overkill bomber bomber ace of spades ace of spades course. i mean you know yeah. uh, one of my favorites orgasmatron oh yeah that's a great record i mean yeah. and and that's i mean that, that may be a, a you know like a, a sleeper for them but damn yeah i mean they have been plowing through just churning up the entire genre of metal for years. And one of my favorite things about them is this is a band that has had a lot of lineup changes from the first half of their career. Right. They had so many lineup changes, and even uh, what was good on paper was an aborted attempt at uh, starting a relationship with Robbo from Thin Lizzy. Right. uh, Which... They produced a great record, but they hated each other so much. So it was just like they could never get the definitive lineup. And it's one of those weird bands. At one point, I think they almost had about five members in the band at one point, touring or something like that, or four. But then they went down to a power trio, and they have stayed the same lineup since 93. Yeah. 92, 93. Since March March or Die. Yeah. 91. Yeah. And it's the same lineup for 20 years now. Phenomenal, and, and they are so solid. I think they're as good now as they've ever been, and I still buy all the records. It's like ACDC. We I always say this. Of course, we always say this. You yes. know what you're getting if you if you go to the store the first day the new Motorhead comes out. You know what you're gonna get. Uh, you're gonna get all balls, no ballads. You might get the occasional blues jam, like on acoustic guitar, right. but that's so rare. But you know what you're getting, and it's the Saturday night going out record. You know every time. It is. It, it's. It's. It's party to the metal max. Yeah, and absolutely. There's so many great things I could say about them. I'll probably do like a gem show somewhere down the line where I put underrated records in there. But there's some records to go pick up. I mean, yeah, you know about Ace of Spades and Overkill. Go get Sacrifice. Go get Inferno. Those records just burn. They're great records and they're Snake very Snake Bite Love. Snake Bite Love is good. Bastards. 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 It's a killer record. Um, great name, great album. Uh, just. Phenomenal, and the the band, the album they put out this year, "The World Is Yours," at the yeah. top of the year. That's, that's great, great album. That's contending for top ten of the year with me right now. Yeah. So, anyway, you know about Motorhead. Go see them live. If you've never seen them, I'll tell you one more thing about them, and I'll play this track. I went to go see Motorhead. The last time I saw them was like two years ago. They're on a great bill with Nashville Pussy and Reverend Horton Heat. Oh, there's right, a, right. There's a bill for you, but 
they went out there, and I saw them in not the, even the smallest place I've seen them. It's a little more open up than the theaters and clubs I'm used to going yeah. to see them in. They play at this place called the Palladium Ballroom over in Dallas. Logan, you're sitting here in the studio of Rock Strikes 10. Yes, you I You can am. see that I have the Motorhead box set. Box set. You can look over there and see about 20 Motorhead CDs on, the, uh, on that row right there where the Motorhead CDs are supposed to be in alphabetical order. I have all my Motorhead from you. And if you go to the DVDs over there on, in the other room, you can see that I have about four Motorhead DVDs. I'm a fan. Now, that night, they played so loud, I, I didn't recognize four of the songs they played that night. <laughs> I remember that story. I had to go check the set list. And one of the ones I couldn't tell what it was was No Class, an obvious one. <laughs> I couldn't even tell... That's how piercingly loud they were. Yeah. So if you go see Motorhead, don't take the earplugs the first time. Once you see them, we'll stamp your hand and you have the right to wear earplugs on your next visit. <laughs> but you have to go see it pure. Your ears will ring for four days, but I promise you we'll get back there eventually. But yeah, it's your ears will it's ring worth for it. four days minimum. It's worth it. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Worth anyway, it. Anyway, um, I have a song ready to play. Let's do it. This is actually... I, I, I feel so blessed as a Motorhead fan, <laughs> that this was the first song I heard. Everybody else, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be real snobby right now. Ace of Spades, yeah, that's the one y'all heard oh, the first yeah. time. You Eat heard the it, Rich. Whether you heard, was Eat the Rich your first one? No. Okay, well, that would have been great. See, there you go. I would have played that then. Um, you guys, you heard Ace of Spades. That is a great song. Yeah, and for you people that are fans that aren't just like, oh, I like Motorhead and you can't name anything else than Ace of Spades, screw you. Um, I've I've tested people like that. Wow. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to leave. If you could, you gotta be able to at least name five fucking songs. Don't don't wear the shirt if you don't know five songs. That's all I'm saying. Oops. But uh, <laughs> I was really un- I, I was I was really fortunate. <laughs> you know, you heard Ace of Spades and video games and blah blah blah, right. uh, or you saw it on the young oh, ones. Video Greatness. games. Yeah, well, it was it's in every video game. I am the one orgasmatron. <laughs> yeah, I got play it. Uh, as a kid growing up, I got a cassette copy of the Decline of Western Civilization Part Two, the Metal Year soundtrack. Bitchin'. This is the song that introduces the movie, and this is the standout track on the soundtrack. This song is one you need to turn up as loud as humanly possible. This is called Cradle to the Grave. Oh. <laughs> 